You're listening to Everybody Pulls the Tarp, the go-to podcast for high performers. I'm Andrew Moses. Each week, you'll hear my thought-provoking conversations with Olympians, pro athletes, CEOs, elite coaches, best-selling authors, and other high performers to uncover their secrets to success. Get ready to be inspired each week when we talk about leadership, teamwork, work ethic, and more. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. This week, I'm joined by Elliot Avent. Elliot is one of the most consistent and successful college baseball coaches in history. He's one of only 10 active coaches to surpass 1,100 career wins. 120 of his players have been selected in the Major League Baseball draft, including 47 since 2014 alone. And in college sports, where loyalty so often seems like a lost art these days, Elliot has led the same team, NC State University, for more than 25 years. There is so much to learn from Elliot's story about creating and sustaining success over a long period of time. So let's pull the tarp and get straight to my conversation with NC State University baseball coach, Elliot Avent. Where I want to begin, you know, the 2021 season, your team got off to a bit of a slow start, four and nine, but you finished the last few months as one of the hottest teams in college baseball, wrapping up with a 28 and 15 record, winning 24 of your last 30 games. How, as a leader, do you, you know, take something that's not necessarily going well out of the gates and get it turned around? Well, Andrew, in every season I've ever had, it seems like there's one game that I can turn to, and it was a pivotal point in the season. And I've always said that turnarounds, you can say it's with a coach or something you did or something you said. And sometimes there's a lineup change or sometimes you get somebody healthy. But I really believe turnarounds begin in the locker room. And I always say that locker room has to have a lot of character. It has to have a lot of leadership and a lot of belief and what the ultimate reason for playing is and not distracted by losses. I've always said three losses in a row can disrupt the team more than you have any idea. But I believe that this year I can't really point to a certain game, although when we went to Chapel Hill and we swept Carolina, our rival at uh, Carolina, and we were struggling really significantly, I guess you could point to that. But I really felt like it started long before that with the locker room, just making sure everybody stayed with what they were doing. They knew we were a good team, and they knew we would stick with things and come out of it. So this year, I really believe that the leadership and the character of our older players in that locker room is what turned the tide. Is that something that you get more experience with over time? I mean, you've been at NC State now 25 seasons. Is this the type of thing where earlier in your career as a coach, maybe you panic a little bit more, you try and make quicker moves, change things up a little bit, be more disruptive. And now you just kind of have the confidence and understanding that things are going to evolve. Talk about that for a moment. Well, I think it does. I think you're hundred percent right. And that comes with your experience and in interviewing people and, and your life experiences. But uh, I believe experience and continuity, consistency, I think they're the best ingredients to keep things going. Like you said, I've been here 25 years, Chris Hart, my top assistant, and uh, he's been here 17, 18 years. And our strength coach has been here like 15 years. Our equipment manager has been here like 16 years. We have a lot of the same people over and over and over. And when you get that kind of consistency, especially when you've had success tied to that consistency, then you can relax a little more. And uh, hopefully you've recruited well. 
and we've taught well, and the players, they always talk about it. It's remarkable how the players understand. I learned from Terrence Sine, and he'll say, I learned from Andrew Simpson, and I learned from this guy. And it gets handed down, and I think the as the players become juniors and seniors, they understand the responsibility they have for the young players on our team. And I think it's been handed down a generation to a generation here that makes things work here at NC State. You talked there about a couple of things I want to I want to dig into more, Coach. One is really the the long tenure of a lot of your staff. I mean, that's something in college sports and frankly in in any industry that that's kind of unique these days. People, you know, move around from job to job, role to role. What has been the secret for you to maintaining some of that consistency and tenure amongst your staff? Well, for me, it's the, my love for NC State. You know, I've had offers to go up places and actually very intriguing places with uh, a lot of reward in, in many ways. And uh, my love for NC State has kept me here. But if you, if you go to Chris Hart, he's, he's a remarkable story to me. Chris Hart has had offers to go to any Division One school as a top assistant at that university. He's had an opportunity to go to some uh, mid-major head coaching jobs, and he's remained here at NC State. And you'd have to talk to Chris, who's going to be named this year by Baseball America as the National Assistant Coach of the Year, and that's a much deserved honor for what I think is the top assistant coach in the country. But uh, you'd have to ask Chris what, what's kept him here, but I think it's his, his loyalty to our university and, and, and to me, quite frankly. We have a great relationship, and I'd like to think that the responsibility and the trust that I've showed in him, just like players, when you give them responsibility and you show trust in them, it builds trust. And when there's a trust built, there's a certain amount of love that goes along with that. And I think love is mutual. And uh, that's kind of what we have here at NC State. And I think that's what's kept a lot of our staff here is we've given them the responsibility they prove they deserve. And uh, we've given them the leadership to lead people in their areas. I think it's uh, grown a great culture here at NC State. You talked a little about your coaching staff there. What about from a recruiting standpoint? How do you... I mean, obviously, there has to be some baseball acumen and talent to play at NC State from a player perspective. What else are you looking for besides on-field talent when you're out recruiting? Landrew, we're recruiting players at such a young age today. That's what the game is. As, uh, that's where the sport has, has gone. And so you may be recruiting freshmen in high school, definitely sophomores in high school are committing every day. In the old days where you might be trying to put your next year's class together right now, and a kid gets five official visits, and we've just brought in 12 kids, and we're trying to figure out, we, do we want the first visit or the last visit? You know, now we're getting these kids to commit when they're in the ninth grade or 10th grade. And so what you, you have to identify the talent, like you said, that it takes to play in a league like the ACC, because there's a certain uh, set of skills that you have to have to play in this league. But the biggest thing we try to identify that's going to make all this work out is heart and character. And they have to have the heart and the desire to put in countless hours of preparation in a sport that doesn't exactly give back the amount of time you put in. It's such a tough sport. And then you got to have the character to not only be a great teammate, but to understand uh, what your place and what your role in the organization is. So that's what we look for a lot is heart and character. I think in any sport, in any industry, coach, I mean, but more so in baseball, right? It's 
a lot like life. It's a daily grind. The results you know, don't always and often don't correlate with the work that you put in. It's a day in, day out type of thing. The most successful in baseball, right? Still are not successful 70% of the time, right? It's a very, very challenging sport. You know, I say it's like this daily grind. How do you keep people positive and focused on goals and things like that throughout kind of the ups and downs that, that any sport, but especially baseball brings? Uh, thank you, Andrew. I think it starts with a, like back to what I said with a trust factor. You have to build a trust relationship with players. And, and quite frankly, in a sport, whereas you recruit players, a lot of people are promising a lot of things. And uh, my daddy always told me, uh, you can always promise ripe watermelons in December because you don't have to deliver them until July. And you can come up with a lot of reasons why that crop didn't turn out. But uh, so I'm uh, cautious of promising things that I cannot deliver. And uh, I try to build a trust factor and try to be upfront with these players and honest with them. Hopefully through time, I think that's the word that you get about NC State is we're going to shoot you straight. It might not always be what you want to hear and things may change, but we'll have that open relationship with you where there's a trust factor built. And uh, as that trust factor is built, you can talk to them about a lot of things and they're going to believe you. So when there's a time that you need to instill confidence and there's a time that you need to instill perseverance and grit to climb over hurdles and keep going through rough waters, then uh, I think that they believe you and uh, they know you're just not throwing things out there every day to offer them a lifeline when maybe there's some tough love that, that goes along with it. So I think there's a lot of variables, but I think our staff does a great job of that. And I know our players believe in our staff, and that's where it starts the most. Are there instances that you can recall where you think you lost a big-time recruit because you were honest and maybe other coaches around the country weren't? Absolutely. I'll never forget when I was uh, at New Mexico State, which is my first head coaching job, and uh, Mario Mocha, who was the big-time player, actually he lured me to uh, New Mexico State, ironically, and uh, later on became the athletic director there. But Mario was playing with the Tigers. He got signed by the Detroit Tigers. And he came back to visit me in my office in the Pan American Center. I was making recruiting calls at your desk back then. No cell, no cell phones. So you stay at your office all night making recruiting calls. When I got off one call, he sat there and listened. He said, Coach, did you want that kid? I said, of course, Mario. I just called him. And he said, well, Coach, I don't think that kid understands you want him. Because I know you. And I know how honest you are. He said, but players expect for coaches to ad lib a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And you were so point blank honest. If he takes away from what he thought you were exaggerating, then he's not sure he can play here. And that kind of opened my eyes a little bit about, you know, being honest, but make sure the player knows that your expectations, how much you want them and what you think they're capable of. When you're meeting a young player and you're sizing up whether they can be successful in your program, you mentioned earlier character work ethic, things like that. How are you going about assessing that? What are little things that you look for to determine if they've got the character, the work ethic, and the energy to succeed in, in your program? Well, that's what I think Chris Hart and, and Clint Price are our pitching coach. They're the main two recruiters. And that's what I think they're so good at because uh, that is hard to tell. Like in the old days, when you recruited players later and before AAU and the summer leagues and all the the great teams of, of, you know, dynamic baseball, the Canes baseball, Impact, you know, the uh, Dirtbags. Before all those great programs, 
started taking over in the summer that you depended on the high school coach and what that high school coach would tell you because no one knew that player better than the high school coach. So you develop relationships with those great teachers of those young men in the old days when they were great, great high school coaches who might be at a place like Rabbit Fulgham for like 30 years or, or be somewhere for a long period of time where you could trust whatever they say. So anyway, those were our avenues for finding out about the character and heart. And now you, you get relationships with the AAU coaches, the Scott Bankheads of the world, the Mike Griffins, the Don Hutchins, all those guys. You get relationships with those guys, Jeff Petty, and you get to know them through those guys a little bit. But also, you have to trust your eye. You have to trust what you see. And that's what hard work, you talk about the work ethic of the player, nobody has a better work ethic than our coaches who are on the road constantly evaluating these players. And things they're looking for are the small things away from the at-bat or away from the pitcher-catcher, actually, what happens during the game. They look for the small things that are going to pay dividends uh, or take away uh, down the road. And I think that's what our coaches are so good at. Coach, what's an example of something that that, that little thing that maybe you know outside the batter's box, off the pitcher's mound that, that you might see that might trigger something to say, hey, this might be a kid I want in this program? Body language, body language is always big to me. And you got the five tools of baseball, like, you know, hitting, power, uh, running, all that kind of stuff, arm strength, defense. But we uh, one of Coach Hart's big things is hand-eye coordination. Hand-eye coordination is what our great players have had. Trey Turner, matter of fact, Brett Austin, one of our great players who's coaching with us now, he's telling me as Trey Turner has become a wonderful dad, which I texted Trey the other day and told him how happy that made me to hear what Brett was telling me. He's reading books and teaching his their young son Beckham about hand-eye coordination, doing drills with him and playing games with him to teach that at a young age. And uh, so hand-eye coordination, body language. In the old days, believe it or not, you'd get to the field real early when you were recruiting and try to see who was the first player on the field and the last player to leave. Those things might tell you a certain a bit about the love for the game. Because if you don't have a true love for this sport, then this sport can beat you up pretty bad. And sometimes it can beat you up to the point where you kind of say no mas. So you have to have a unique and special love for baseball. Augie Garrido always told me this game will never give you back what you think you deserve or the amount of effort you put in. But when it gives you something back, that's something that's so special that it overcomes all the time and all the moments and all the heartache because the little bit it gives you is so special and so wonderful. And as many things Augie, taught me he was so right about that coach we've talked about this show is called everybody pulls the tarp and what you're talking about there are these tarp pulling moments these little things that i talk about that make such a huge difference and and as you know i mean the everybody pulls the tarp mindset for me was born you know when i was working as an intern in minor league baseball but i've carried that philosophy you know into so many aspects of my life where you know pulling the tarp you know wasn't in my job description as as a front office intern working in minor league baseball but it was what the team, the organization needed, and I was willing to pitch in. And you know, as I've gone on this journey to find tarp pullers all over the world that do the little things to make a, a big difference, you see the role that these little moments play in people's success. And you know, we're you know, we just wrapped up the Major League Baseball season, and there were a few moments that really caught my attention. And I've shared with my audience, you know, one, you know, I the TV camera panned one night to Albert Pujols. He was, you know, obviously in more of a supporting role now with the Dodgers, not the star player he once was. 
And there he was holding the, the, the phone in the dugout, calling the bullpen because the, the bench coach was busy with something else. And Pujols pitched in, called down to the bullpen. He said, coach, who do you need? And he made the phone call. You know, the next night or a few days later, I should say, I, I saw um, on TV, Ozzie Albies with the Braves and coach Ron Washington out there hours before the game doing little fielding drills that, you know, probably most little leaguers wouldn't even want to, you know, spend time on. But, you know, here we're, you know, one clear a Hall of Famer at the tail end of his career and a young star, you know, one of the biggest young stars in the game willing to do these little things. It's, it's super powerful. Talk about, you know, that for a moment. First of all, Andrew, I want to say that I am so glad I accepted your invitation to be on your show. You know, I get a lot of these invitations and sometimes the day fills up and uh, I've always had a problem saying no, but I kind of maybe say it more today than I have in the past as the day fills up more so and uh, my years get more so myself. But I had a certain feel about you. It was your presentation of how you interacted with me. And now that I've got to know you verbally a little bit in 20 minutes, you have a great feel for things. And I can see that you've always pulled that tarp. And so I made a good decision to be on your show. And I want to thank you for having me on here. But it's really funny as you picked out those little things about Albert Pujols. I watched Pujols during this scene too. As you say, a superstar, a Hall of Famer relegated to a different role. And how he accepted that role is why the Dodgers were so successful. I told D'Angelo Giles, Noah Souls, some of our players that didn't play as much last year and wanted to play as much as anyone, how they accepted their roles of being role players and doing whatever they could do, but being great teammates through our run that you mentioned the last two months, they're the reason that we were successful. I also noticed Albies with Ron Washington. He had that glove out there, not only doing fielding drills, they were working on leads at first base while batting practice was going on, trying to make sure something was right about his lead that night, like you say, hours before a World Series game. Those things weren't lost on me either. As you noticed them, so did I. Those are what make championship clubs and the little things. I tell our players all the time, they're in this sports center world where they only capture the big moments in a game. The three-run homer, the miraculous throw from right center on a relay, but the little things that led to all the whole hard work are things that sometimes are lost on these young players. And uh, I always tell them, you're bigger, stronger, and faster than any players that I've ever coached in today's game. But don't misunderstand. If you don't have the work ethic that players in the past had when they didn't have all the things in their access, these players are somewhat, they get things put at their disposal that are fun, but they can harm their work ethic. All these games they can play, fantasy football, they can spend a great amount of time on a lot of things that are fun outside baseball. Make sure you don't lose that work ethic that all the older players had that allow them to persevere. And like we've said, is a sport that doesn't give you back what you put in. It is a sport that doesn't give you back what you put in. But coach, your energy for coaching and the passion for your players just oozes from you. And, and I'm curious, I mean, if, if you weren't coaching, what would you be doing? That's a great question. I've all, you know, I grew up a farmer. I thought I'd, that's all I'd ever do is farm. I got fortunate to get in this great game of baseball. Tony Guzzo gave me my first opportunity, one of the legends in our business. And I've been around such great people, which is what happens. You put yourself in places where great people like Coach Russ Frazier, Lewisburg College, the Hall of Famer legend 
in Lewisburg. You put yourself in places with uh, the legendary Sam Esposito, Ray Tanner, and then other people like Coach Sheridan, who got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, was here coaching when I was a young guy. Coach Valvano, Jim Valvano. You know, you learn from so many great people that you wind up, but it is your passion. And if you don't have passion for this game, but your question was, what would I do if, uh, if it wasn't baseball? I have a, a great, I don't know if I want to say love. If I had a love, I think I would be in the military. But I, let's put it this way. I have a great appreciation, a great respect for the military. And as Veteran Day comes this Thursday, my appreciation and respect for the military makes me think that's a career that I might have got involved in. Coach, you have had such a run of, of great success in your career. 1,150 wins, 926 of them at NC State, 120 of your players selected in the MLB draft, 47 alone since 2014. It's an incredible run of consistent success. When you think about everything we've discussed, when you think about your, your career so far, what is the most important skill you think for a coach? I think probably it's probably uh, work ethic is a skill that everyone has to have. So I'd say work ethic is number one, and work ethic can be any job, any sport. And you have to have a certain love for what you do to have the kind of work ethic that it takes to be ultimately successful, in my opinion. And then I think it's communication. The skill that you need to take from that is communication. You have to communicate to your players, let them know how important they are, give them boundaries for what they have to do, accountability. There's certain uh, principles and values that I have that I'm not going to budge on that this game requires and that I think life requires. So I say work ethic. Is what everyone has to have to be ultimately successful. And then, uh, like I said, passion for what you do, as you mentioned, that exists. I think that can be important, but I think communication is key. Communication and trust. Coach, I have had so much fun chatting with you here for the last 30 minutes. I appreciate you spending some time out of your busy schedule to come on. Everybody pulls the tarp. There is no question. You pull the tarp. You've got players who pull the tarp. And I, I, I can't wait to uh, see the next chapter in the, the, the great story of Coach Elliot Avent. Congratulations on all the success and keep pulling the tarp. I'm going to come down and, and see you guys play one of these days. Andrew, I hope you do. And I want to reiterate what I said, and I truly mean this now. Sometimes I don't throw out compliments quickly because sometimes I tell players if I compliment them too much, they go backwards. Maybe that's because they relax a little bit and maybe we all should stay on edge a little bit. And that's what keeps that clock ticking and keeps us going. But I watch a lot of talk shows and learn with the great guys interviewing people, sports figures throughout the world. And I learn a great deal. So I watch a lot of these talk shows. And let me tell you, you're really good at what you do. I'm really glad I came on your show. And I would recommend anybody uh, having a conversation one-on-one -on -one with you because you're fun to talk to. I think you're very engaged. Coach, I truly appreciate it. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for pulling the tarp. And we'll talk again soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you for joining me this week. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app, so you can catch all of our upcoming episodes. And if you are like me and want a world full of tarp pullers, then leave a review to help others find us. You can also follow me on Instagram at andrewmoses123 and sign up for my monthly email newsletter at everybodypullsthetarp.com slash newsletter. I'll share tips and insights to help you achieve maximum success and happiness. Today is a great day to pull the tarp. I am rooting for you. See you next time.